This is Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacey Rost on 710 ESPN Seattle. It is Seattle Sports at Night. It's a late one here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Shout out to you for joining us. I'm Curtis Rogers. It says here I'm joined by Stacey Rod. Yep. Yeah, that's correct. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hi. It's been so long since we've... I, you forgot me. Yeah, I did. I forgot all about you, Stacey. <laughs> Stacey Ross. so much. You're welcome. <laughs> Stacey, since we last hosted... The last time I heard from you, you wished me happy birthday and I said... Did. You're someone I host with. Yeah, yeah. And I did that from, I think, a hospital bed. Did you die, Curtis? I... I came real close what happened can you break it down so i contracted some kind of virus or bug i thought it was food poisoning originally right but then the multitude of doctors who i met with uh over Did the they last walk like, in and like ebola gear no they didn't like quarantine <laughs> Sir, me or please anything stay behind the plastic I, i've had my measles shot i i've had all that taken care of but they were like, no, this has gone on far too long for it to be food poisoning. Ooh. Like This is kind of a virus. Yeah. Uh, I I had no bodily fl- fluids at all. We almost like, lost you. You did. And it would have been you and Jake forever at night. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I had gotten IV. You were I, on Saturday, though. On I was Seattle on Saturday, Saturday. But what's funny about that is... Is as the show was going on, like around hour two or hour three, both like Lydia Cruz and Taylor Jacobs, who I host with, they both like looked at me and they were like, dude, if you want to go. Just, like, <laughs> and you're just, like, what are you yeah. saying? I was just, Do I look like yeah, I need to go? I know. I'm just like, guys, I, I'm I'm going to power through. I'm fine. I'm going to make it. I'm just imagining like that moment in Bridesmaids when Kristen Wiig's character is staring at Helen and Helen's like, are you hungry? And she knows she's just pushing her. And Kristen Wiig has beads of sweat dripping down her face and is forcing herself to eat an <laughs> almond to prove her point. I imagine that's you struggling to stay in that studio being like, I'm great. Yeah, I'm I'm the best I've ever felt, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Like it was no, it is wonderful. In commercial breaks, I was sipping Gatorade and eating Ritz crackers, and like oh, I had a banana I in my backpack. Love Ritz yeah, but the thing like, about being sick, especially if you don't eat for a long time or you throw up a ton, is that calories it feels like don't count for at least a couple yeah. hours. Once you feel good enough to eat, you want to eat anything. Yeah, so like I have, I didn't start eating like meat again until about. 24 hours ago. Holy cow. Yeah. So you were sick for essentially a week. I was sick for about 10 to 11 days. Just wow. straight. And it was rough. But Is that the closest you've come to dying? It is. It absolutely <laughs> is. It 100% is. Uh, one benefit, I lost, I think, close to 20 pounds. Hey! Yeah, you so, know, that is the best part. I had food yeah. poisoning. And when you have food poisoning, at the end of it, you're like, Man, you guys yeah. want to go on a boat? Yeah, like <laughs> let's uh, go to I the got, beach. <laughs> see, like this time of year, everybody's gearing up for their summer bods, their summer bodies. Uh-huh. Oh, I got mine. I got mine in like three days flat. Let's start selling that as a diet fad. Just death, giving people contagion. Like you know what I mean? Oh, Contagions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we, it's fine. Like you can be cured, but in the meantime, no one wants to diet no but if you don't have a choice and you're passed out for half of it you're fine there we go 
Uh, if you want to join in on the conversation at any point, the Coors Light text line is there for you. 710-710 is the number to text. We've got a lot to get to tonight, Stacy. so let's let's not waste any more time. Let's check out what is on Tuesday's timeline. And the Seahawks, they have now entered the final phase of OTAs before minicamp starts. And minicamp begins next Tuesday, mm-hmm. the 11th, runs through the 13th. And then there's that about a month window between minicamp and when training camp starts up where the guys go home. And a lot of weird stories happen between when minicamp really? ends and when training camp starts. Yeah, that's like that was like uh, when Malik McDowell got in the ATV accident. Yeah, that, well, that was, was more when, of a sad, tragic that story. That was when, remember Janoris Jenkins? There was like a murder that happened at his house and he wasn't home for Whoa, it. But like, yes. Yeah, but... Like that was Things in get that weird. window, yeah. But it's all over the spectrum. This like on the one hand, you Jason have, Pierre Paul blew his hand. That's off. the thing. On the one hand, you have like freak accidents because um, it's just like summer break, right? Like mm-hmm. you just have a lot of time to kill, and and you never know what could happen. On the on the flip side, then you have maybe some fun hobbies. You have Miles Jack making candles. There you go. You know what I mean? You could you could develop a new passion that you didn't know you had. Mm. If I'm a player, I'm figuring out: Do I like knitting? Do I um, like Maybe creating pillows? Pick up some new shows to binge watch. Oh my gosh, Chernobyl! Yeah, you can you can go watch Chernobyl. Come back to practice. Just hey, no, yeah. I'm fine. I'm just really depressed, like, dude. What what happened? Oh the- man, what didn't happen? Let's <laughs> let's talk about how power corrupts. Oh, <laughs> uh, but uh, Stacy, you were out at Seahawks headquarters earlier today. You're going to share with us what you saw couple of surprise mm-hmm. players, maybe not practicing today. Uh, and then also uh, just with some of the people who took to the podium, what they had to say. Uh, but uh, also going on, Major League Baseball draft, rounds 3 through 10 happened today. The Mariners on day one went very pitching heavy. They continued that trend day two. And I'm okay with that because you look at their organization right now. Yeah. It is just... It's it, what you it would call in French uh, a hot mess. Yeah. And yeah, that that's some good it's French. French. Yeah, it, hot mess. I can't hot mess. I failed French. No, <laughs> okay. Uh, but I'm okay with them going so hard on pitching because there's just not a lot there beyond Logan Gilbert in the system. Their first three picks were pitchers. They continued that into day two. Tomorrow rounds eleven through forty uh, are on Wednesday. Now. When it gets to about rounds 37 to 40. Un vrai, un vrai foutois. Ah, uh, hot mess. In I French. sound like un vrai foutois. There we go. Shout Got out it. to all of our French listeners out I'm there. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably what, like 6 a.m.? No, it's probably, it's probably like noon over in France by now. Uh, I have to think our French contingency is contingent. Contingent. Contingent is listening and thinking, wow, that could be better. Yeah, they're probably just all suckling through. But, Stacy, when it gets to rounds like 35, 36, 37, you and I have a good chance of getting drafted. Honestly, <laughs> I was waiting for that call. <laughs> like, <man. laughs> yeah. Like, when that phone lights up. You're like, go! This is Jerry DePoto. Wait, what? <laughs> You're not calling for an interview? Yeah, we're, we're taking you. you yeah. What? We're taking you here. Are you ready? What? Jerry, I haven't played in like a decade, okay? <laughs> but that's kind of how the last few rounds of the draft go. But uh, good to see the Mariners 
go and, and fill a huge void in their minor league system over the last couple of days. We'll get into just kind of how they've gone about that and some of my takeaways from the picks that we've seen come in so far. Uh, that's coming up in about 20 minutes from now. Some NBA Finals news. Steve Kerr, head coach of the Warriors, he ruled out Kevin Durant for Game 3 of the NBA Finals. Does Kevin Durant ever play for the Warriors again? No. I don't think so. I think he's all the way done. I think Golden State's just going to go for a title without him. I think they're going to win the title. You have no hope in the Raptors? Uh, I mean, I, I hope or it's you mean a good without? Series. You mean, like, again? You mean this series? Yeah. I, I think the Warriors win the series. I think the Raptors can win games in this series, but I think the Warriors just have. There's there's more there. Uh, Clay Thompson also questionable, but he expects to play in Game 3. That series is tied 1-1. Now, we found this next story out right before we got on air because uh, I saw it in my email inbox. Actually, it was in my junk mailbox, which is no How place How to get this. there? I don't know. But the 1995 Mariners, which, I mean, they're – the, either the best or the second best team, depending on who you ask, in Mariners franchise history. Well, they're going to be the subject of an upcoming MLB Network documentary. And guess who's in it? I mean, obviously, you got the the, the normal cast of characters. King right. Griffey Jr. A-Rod. A-Rod's in it. Tina Martinez is in it. Our very own friend and colleague. Graz. The, the Graz is in it. We saw him. He was in a trailer that was emailed to us. So Graz was out there uh, giving his thoughts on the 95 Mariners. Uh, there's a special screening of it this weekend, Showbox Soto, but then it uh, is available on MLB Network July 7th. That is when it will air to a nationwide audience, which is, I believe, the MLB All-Star break. So there's nothing else going on, so you might as well pop a squat, watch it, and have some fun while you're doing it. Uh, some other news on tonight's timeline. The XFL gearing up for 2020. They're going to be having their showcases in each of mm-hmm. the eight cities. Kristen Michael reportedly will be attending the Dallas XFL show. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, saw that today on Twitter. So C-Mike possibly we, giving it a go again. Yeah, well, we did. So we reached out when we got this to the XFL to see kind of what their policy would be. Like, is this basically open tryouts Mm -hmm. or is this something where you guys are inviting players and they said they're inviting players so any player you're hearing about was had been contacted by that team now with chris and michael reportedly attending this got me wondering could one of us at seattle sports tonight be attending the seattle xfl so we have to think between me former high school swimmer um you, Me. Curtis, former high school student, and Jake Heaps, <laughs> former, former NFL former player. NFL quarterback. Which one of us would be most likely to play in the XFL? I'm, I'm hedging you, my Stacey. bets on me. Yeah. I know. My I know. On you. I just I'm quick. What? I'm I'm small but quick. What are you getting a call from first? The Mariners in rounds 35 plus, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or the XFL for the Seattle mm-hmm. Showcase? Great question. I'm gonna say XFL. I think. Uh, I I. I don't know if baseball is my is my strength. I really don't. And football is. Well, I don't know how to catch anything. Oh. So I, I think that's what kind of prevents it mm. from happening. But I could throw. Well, I, Omar Narvaez couldn't catch anything last night. Ooh. He's playing Major League Baseball. You know what? I do feel really bad for him because yeah. he's had a great season. He otherwise. has been. He's been a, a real force of the plate. So uh, just a, that was bad timing all around. It was. I've never seen anything like that. He just he just wasn't playing 
behind the plate. Well, I don't, okay, so here's play. my thought. Is that then, because it was Dylan Moore who threw it, It right? was. So then is Dylan Moore just automatically reacting? This is where you're going. You're yeah. thinking about it. He's throwing, and then he, did Omar Narvaez try to get a double play done at first base? So I think Omar Narvaez didn't know the situation. I don't think he knew there was a okay. runner on third Not base. really a heads up kind of Yeah, moment. and so he We've immediately, exactly, he immediately booked it down the first base line to go back up the first right. baseman on that play. Whereas Dylan Moore, before the play happens, all the players go through scenarios in their head. Like, if the ball's hit to me, where am right, I going? Right, right. And Dylan Moore said, Obviously the you're ball's hit to the me. Run. Yeah, so he fielded it, threw it home, just as he would do in any situation like right. that. It's just so Marnervise wasn't there. Yeah. And you can't really blame Dylan Moore in that situation. You, you cannot. Well, because if he just... hesitates for a second, then in any other play you think... If he hesitates for a split second, that runs scoring, even no if matter the catch what. is there. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like you don't want to develop a habit of like, well, i got to check to make sure my catch exactly. is there. Uh, coming up next here on Seattle Sports at Night, Stacy was out at Seahawks OTAs today for their open practice. Woo! I mean, it was lit. I was there. Yeah, Stacy. She had eyes everywhere. She's going to tell us what she saw next. Curtis Rogers, Stacy Ross, Seattle Sports at Night on seven ten ESPN Seattle. You're listening to Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacy Rost. Powered through the Alaska Airline Studio on seven ten ESPN Seattle. You can listen to Seattle Sports Tonight via the 710 Sports app. It is driven by your Puget Sound Acura dealers. Coming up in about 15 minutes from now, the Mariners, they continue to trudge along in the draft, the 2019 draft. I'll give you some of my takeaways uh, from what I've seen so far out of the first 10 rounds as the Mariners head into the final portion of the draft tomorrow. But, uh, Stacy, you were out at Seahawks OTAs today. I was. Uh, we're going to... You're going to give you some of your observations. My observation so far is that you got a huge sunburn Shut today. Up, I'm sorry. Curtis. I'm sorry, but like that's all I can see right now. You you look like a lobster that has that's that has already been boiled. No, that has already been boiled. <laughs> not. I just so you guys know, I am not that sunburned. It's just specifically it agree. No, it's not I am concerned about no, melanoma. It's only you. the back, like the bottom of my neck, like two inches mm. of redness. Because we were standing on the hill watching practice, and the sun was glaring down on me. And it's one of those things where you know what's happening when you're out there. You and can you think, feel it. You can feel yourself just roasting. Well, and I was like, I have sunscreen inside, but inside is so far away. Mm, yeah. Do I want to get permanent skin damage like, no. or move 50 I'm gonna, feet? I'm going to tough it out. I'm going to tough it out. <laughs> just as you've got players playing through injury yep, out there. Yep. You played through a sunburn mm-hmm. today. Congratulations, KJ Wright, on trying to yeah. work with that knee injury. But guess what? I got a first-degree sunburn. And I think that's pretty serious, too. Yeah. And, and I was at work with it. You risked melanoma today. Yep. And, and, and you're here aging, to talk about skin it. aging. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll get to my actual takeaways. Yeah. So um, you were out there for practice today. Jake was out there. He was. Yep. He's not here. Ignoring me the um, whole time. Wow. wow. Yeah. Because he's in <laughs> football. So, oh, hello. I'm, I'm here like... You know, saying hi to Russell Wilson, and and everyone's talking to me, and, and then, I'm cool. Yeah, Stacy, who? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, do you, 
is that your observation number one? Observation number Jake one is that Jake isn't my friend. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No. Uh, <laughs> other than um, maybe some tension between you two, uh, well, what top, did you see? Well, my top one, uh, the, and maybe the most important is, and I'll get to the obvious serious ones, is that I did not wear the same outfit that I did the last three times on accident. Nice. Uh, the last three Progress. times, yes, the last three times I made the mistake of wearing the exact same shirt, pants, and shoes. And the third time, uh, Dave, who's the Seahawks director of PR, mentioned it to me. Uh, like as a joke, but being like, get yourself together. In a joking way. Mm. And uh, and so anyways, this time I said, Dave, I don't know if you've noticed, but I am not wearing the same clothes today. And then he was like, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. He, he was like, like, okay, I don't even remember this. And yeah. then I said, actually, Jake reminded me. And he said, then why does Jake still look like a slob? <laughs> as well, a yeah, joke. Jake... Like, regardless of situation, always in, like... Workout gear. Yeah, dry fit. Well, because he's always, like, yeah. hey, he's I just came from, out. like... Yeah, he's yeah. always working out, and he's always, like, you know, at the My quarterback camp. Yeah, yeah. And, and meanwhile, I'm, like, you know, I'm proud of myself for bidding on jeans today. Yeah, meanwhile, I catch a fever, and I'm in the hospital. <laughs> like, you know, that that's how it is. Yes. Um. So, yeah, let's get to the actual ones uh i guess the first and this is one that i mentioned when jake and i were on brock and salk last week but it remained true today which is that wilson and lockett just look as sharp as ever that was wilson's most consistent target and his best it was a career year for lockett but not only that uh wilson had a perfect passer rating targeting lockett last year and that chemistry is still on display at camp i know it's early so it's not like dbs can make a play on the ball but lockett was obviously beating guys downfield where this would have been a completion in a game. This isn't something where, you know, a DB is just kind of letting a guy get away with it. They looked, they looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as other receivers, David Moore made a, maybe one of the more impressive catches of the day, another deep ball. So this to me is related to a conversation that Jake and I had when you were dying, which was that the receivers that are, not necessarily established veterans. So think of the guys like John Brown, David Moore, guys that came in last year. David Moore obviously was on the practice squad the year prior, but guys that came in and kind of made a role for themselves last year, they were kind of kind of hit the back burner when conversations turned to the wide receiver group this year. Oh, with yeah. Guys like DK Metcalf kind yeah, of leading it's, that. It's like getting All that of a sudden, new it's toy. like new things. Your, your old toys, like it's in Toy Story. Totally. Woody being the favorite toy that he once was. And then was. Buzz Lightyear comes in and exactly. it's like, wow. DK Metcalf is, is Buzz, Buzz Lightyear. Lightyear, 100%. And so yeah. uh, I think that it's still obvious that those guys are very much a part of that competition. They aren't going to be kind of sidelined while these new guys get reps with the first team. It's if you're performing, you get those first team reps, and and if not, then you get pushed back. But I mean, they're still in that competition, and just because they've got three new drafted wide receivers, it doesn't mean those guys won't get every chance to make this roster. So, so uh, he David Moore had a great catch today, but Jerron Brown has also had those moments, as has uh, Amara Darbo, hmm. surprisingly, who did not play today. Amara Darbo was one of a couple players who were out who have not been one of the more long-term players that are out. So the long-term players that are out, guys like Chris Carson, who had a procedure done on his knee, Bradley McDougald underwent uh, surgery for his knee, Nas Jones, uh, what are some other guys? Jaron Reed, who underwent surgery for a sports hernia. Just a couple guys that 
Delano Hill are not expected to be back through any of this week, through mandatory training, they're going to come back at the end of July when training camp hits. So those are guys that we already know are out. So so this time around, a couple new guys were on that list. And because we didn't speak with Pete Carroll, we don't actually know their timeline. But Amara Darbo was one of them. Another one that's probably a little more concerning for people would be Marquise Blair. Yeah. Second round safety who was out today. Again, we don't know what that injury is. He was up and walking around. None of these guys were like... In a wheelchair. Yeah, none of no, none of these guys were, you know, crutches. on yeah, on crutches or anything a, like that. In a boot. Yeah. So it was it wasn't anything that was like obviously an issue, but both were out um along with uh running back Travis Homer, who was a six round pick. So that being said, my last observation in that running back group, Travis Homer has been getting a lot of looks because Carson has been out. And uh, and he's looked good. I actually was really surprised with him. Jake kind of turned me on to him when he started talking about him post-draft. I didn't actually know anything about him. And Jake was like, I actually really like this guy. And uh, kind of started breaking down some of his play, kind of what he brings. And when you're there watching him in person, he's kind of an all-out effort guy. And that sounds silly, right? Every rookie going into any camp, and hopefully any player on any team is going 100% all the time. But... It feels like this is a guy. This is a guy who he always runs it out whenever is, a play is happening. This is all out beyond like this is the someone normal who is, level of effort that you see I think, from. Yeah, I think it's someone who's really, really determined to make the team. Knows that as a sixth round pick, you've still got to perform. Yeah, you aren't necessarily a shoe in. Yeah, and uh, and he's a really physical guy, and and so he's been uh, a really kind of a surprise to me. And so he's someone that that we didn't get to see today, but. That being said, Rashad Penny got even more snaps, and he's been taking the bulk of the carries with Carson out. But now without Homer, he he got a lot of time in there today. And, uh, I, I mean, I think he looks good. I know it's early. Again, it's kind of the time of year when running backs and receivers look like all-stars because no one can touch them. But it's a really, really important year for him. And fair or not, as a former first-round pick, you have to perform. You have to prove that you can carry the load. You have to prove that without Chris Carson, you can still bring a 1,000-yard season to this team. That's what happens when you're a first-round pick. And, you know, if you if you can't, you at least need to stay healthy. You need to get out there. You need to produce more than you did last year. And so I think that so far this offseason, at the very least, he's had some promising responses from that coaching staff and whether it be his conditioning drills whether it be during scrimmages um, all of it sounds pretty positive so again I think it'll be more obvious what his contributions can be like uh, come training camp or come training camp in the preseason and most especially the regular season but I think it's good so far he's the the best thing that can happen is that you enter the offseason not injured the second best thing is that you end up playing pretty well so Today was the final OTA open to media, correct? No, we no, have one more Thursday. One more, so Thursday. Yeah. So you and Jake point, will be covering that one. Yes, we will. So to this point, uh, through all the OTAs you've been present for, I guess what has been, I guess the biggest lasting impression so far that mm. you've got from this team heading into the 2019 season? Um, it's a good question. I. <sighs> What I'll say is I have a lot of questions about the defense, and I 
have not been able to get an answer yet, but that is more a fault of OTA rules and less this team. So I think that my big the, my biggest question with this team remains unanswered, which is how is A, the secondary going to perform and how's the defensive line look without Frank Clark? There are a couple problems with it. One, Ziggy Ansah obviously was brought in to kind of play that Leo role and he can't play. Yeah, we don't know what he's looking like. Exactly. And secondly, that there's no contact, no tackles, no plays on the ball. So it's hard to see that. So I think that being said, the easiest takeaways are just to look on offense. And with that, my biggest takeaway is that the veterans are still consistent, that Seattle still has with a completely, it feels like once again, new look team. They've still got consistency with longtime veterans. Um, Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, KJ Wright, Bobby Wagner isn't out there, but no one's doubting whether or not he can contribute. Um, The offensive line has four or five returning starters. These are the units and these are the groups that are looking good early. And that's a great sign. Coming up next here on Seattle Sports at Night, uh, we're going to need your text questions because we got Ask Us Anything coming up to wrap up this hour. So get those into the Coors Light text line. But up next, the Mariners continue to put together the team of their future through the 2019 Major League Baseball draft. First 10 rounds have concluded. I'll be giving you some takeaways of what we've seen so far and how the Mariners are going to go about restocking their shelves. That's coming up next. Curtis Rogers, Stacey Ross, Seattle Sports at Night on 710 ESPN Seattle. You're listening to Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacey Rost. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio on 710 ESPN Seattle. We're going to need your text questions in about 15 minutes from now. Get those into the Coors Light text line 710-710. your turn to ask us anything. We will do our best to answer anything. Curtis Rogers and Stacy Rost here with you. Seattle Sports tonight. Make sure you're downloading the podcast at 710sports.com. You can click on the podcast page. Every hour of every show is there for you, so you can subscribe. Uh, we're available on Apple Podcasts and at Google Play as well, so... Make sure you're downloading, leaving five-star rating, giving us a, re- a review, Deleting maybe. all your other podcasts. Exactly. Making sure that we are the only <laughs> podcast in your life. Clear the queue. Download only our podcast. Get those notifications when we've got new a- episodes out. Like That's what you want. Right in We'll text your you personally. Exactly. Hey! It's, it's me. It's Curtis. It's 1 a.m. It just published. Yeah, exactly. It's up. It's down. It's ready. But uh, that's, that's what you got to be doing. Like, there's no excuse for you to not be downloading the Seattle Sports Tonight podcast. Uh, but the last two days, the Mariners have been uh, putting together their minor league system of the future, basically. They are getting guys from all across college, all across high schools in America. The first 10 rounds of the Major League Baseball draft have concluded. Rounds 11 through 40 are tomorrow. Could you imagine covering 40 rounds of the NFL draft? No. <laughs> or like You'd have it, to ditch half your roster. Yeah. Like <laughs> this, 40 rounds of and like back in the day there was even more rounds than this in the Major League Baseball draft. I it think It blows my mind. I think Mike Piazza, who's a Hall of Fame catcher, he got drafted in I think the 62nd round. What do you think is the most successful baseball player to go latest in the draft? Probably him. Yeah. I think yeah. Albert Pujols 
Uh, he was drafted in the 13th round. When did Trout, was he like a 6 or 7? No, Mike Trout was, he was a first round pick, but he wasn't taken until I think pick 26. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So, I mean, he fell in the draft, but he's, I think he's turned out all right. It's okay. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's yeah. found his calling. But uh, so far, the Mariners making 10 picks in the first 10 rounds. And you look at the first round, which is obviously the most important round. And that's where you have the greatest chance of finding mm-hmm. Major League talent in this draft. And Jerry DePoto and the Mariners front office, they have fallen into a trend over the last four drafts since this regime took over back in 2016. And it's taking college players, specifically college players from mid-major programs. So not from the ACC, the Pac-12, the SEC, the Big 12, uh, or, or anything like that. You look at their four draft picks that they've made f- in the first round. They took Kyle Lewis in 2016. He went to Mercer. Mm-hmm. Logan Gilbert last year, a pitcher from Stetson. And then George Kirby yesterday from Elon. All three of those schools very You haven't small. heard of all of those schools? Uh, I, I, I have heard of all those schools. But <laughs> the normal sports fan probably No, hasn't. I don't think so either. Yeah, so... The Mariners have got a type, whether they want to admit it or not. Why do you think they like that type? I think they go for those kinds of players because they may be overlooked simply because of the the they're not going to be on TV playing these. So games. you think they're, it's the best overlooked talent they can find? Like they're like we possible. know we're not going to get the best guy that everyone's watching, so we're going to go for the most underrated player. I think it's possible, and you look at Logan Gilbert who kind of fits the mold of what George Kirby, this year's first-round pick, falls into, a strike-throwing guy from a small school. And so far, it's it's worked out very nicely. Logan Gilbert is already uh, with Modesto, mm-hmm. who's the single-A ball club of the Mariners. So that's turned out nicely, even though Gilbert didn't really pitch at all last year because he was dealing with mono. But I think the Mariners want to find inefficiencies in every market that they they look into, whether it be free agency at the major league level, whether it be just finding guys to fill out their minor league roster, or it's in the draft, I think they're going to try and do things a little differently than how the rest of baseball wants to do it. And I think the Mariners specifically over the last couple of years, they have identified players as their guys. They've identified players that this is our guy regardless of what anybody else says we're going to ride with this player and we're going to build him up as best as we can and then it becomes up to him whether he wants to to you know buy in or or not um this falls in line with Jerry Depoto's history as a GM with when he was with the Angels he made three first round picks with the Angels all three of those guys came from mid-major programs so six of his first seven first-round draft picks. What were those three picks? With the Angels? Yeah. There was a uh, C.J. Crone, who is actually a major league player with the Minnesota Twins right now. He played at Utah back when Utah was in the Mountain West Conference. Taylor Ward, who I believe is, I think he's like a catcher. I guess I only he's asked baseman, to see DePoto's but, success record. Yeah, Taylor Ward just recently made it to the big leagues. Uh, he played 40 games last year for the Angels. Right, and all these guys are still young is the thing. Yeah, exactly. But you look at the the guys he's picked in the first round with the Mariners, none of them have made it to the big leagues yet. In fact, 
I think just one draft pick DePoto has made so far with the Mariners has made it to the big league level, and that's Matt Festa, a relief pitcher back in 2016. Mm -hmm. So now you kind of wonder, like, is this plan that DePoto and the Mariners have put in place, is this the right way to go? He's also never selected a high schooler in the first round. And high school talent tends to have the higher ceilings of players in the draft. Why doesn't he select a high school player? I don't know. And what's weird is that the most talented player in his farm system, like far and away, is Jared Kelnick. Yeah. Who was a high school player. Right. 19 years old. You'd think with that in mind, you'd be more willing to go out and draft high school talent if this guy is better than anybody you've got in your system and it's not even close. Conspiracy theory. Mm. He has a separate beer pong team that he's fitting together. Whoa. And he knows he needs college. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And from small schools where there's nothing else yep, in town to do. Yep. I feel like it's all coming together. Yeah. Um, so, okay, here's my question. Okay. And I'm, I'm glad that you're kind of taking this segment because I think that as much as folks, like the average fan uh, or the average baseball viewer – including myself, thinks that we might understand. There's always interesting things to take away from people that just so closely track that history, which you do. But here's my question. It has nothing to do with that. What Jake and I were talking about yesterday is, like, what happens if this goes wrong? If all these picks blow up? Well, yeah. Do you think that Jerry DePoto has shown that, like, do you have faith that the Seattle Mariners – in making their decision to go for it in two years or so, that they have the ability to scout and draft to do that and develop talent. No. I don't trust them to, so you to be able to have this thing turned all the way around by next season. Especially by, the, with, by next, next season. So by 2021 then? Yeah, let's say 2021. Because I don't, I don't think 2020 is something that's happening. No, I don't think so either. And I don't think 2021 could even be in the cards. So here's here's the other thing is is what happens if it doesn't? Like what's another organiza- organization where they were like we're going to turn this around. We're going to tank essentially. I mean, we aren't saying we're going to tank, but we're going to tank. And they never turned it around. They never turned it around. Well, you've got the Kansas City Royals for a long time. They had about a 30-year playoff drop before they won the World Series back in 2015. How many general managers do you think they went through? Oh, dozens. And the Pittsburgh Pirates also were in that category. They had, I think, 25 straight losing seasons at one point. So for a lot of these, it's like you're turning it around, but that the original plan never sticks with that same front office because... Oh, yeah. Very know. few of them get to see it through. It's rare that the Houston Astros front office was able to have as long of a leash that they did mm-hmm. where they were losing 110 games every single season, and yet they were still able to put together draft classes and, and sign international players and, and really see it through to the end and, and bear the fruit that they had planted. And, uh, or, and they, you know, they got to win a World Series a yeah. couple of years ago. and they're still just as dominant as ever. Do I think... I think the Mariners did themselves a disservice by pointing out specific years that they expect to contend. I think that's fair. They could have given themselves a lot longer of a window if they said, 
we're building for the future rather than say 2020 2021 and 2021 because now Same, throwing 2020 in there was a mistake yes because now if you're not competitive by next season the fan base is going to turn on you they're yep. going to be like you you lied to us you said you were going to be competitive by now especially if they keep losing like how they have because then yeah. you're on pace for what you're on pace for over wins? yeah you're on pace for over 100 losses and like you can say it's a step back season but a step back constitutes just a couple of guys moving on and just getting rid of a couple of players and, and maybe falling back to about 75, 80 wins or whatever. This is a full-on tear it down to the studs now. Why don't they just say that? Because they just, I think they're afraid of just being at that part right now because we've seen the fan base kind of take a turn on them even in this step back. Well, and I say that and I ask that question, but I know it's more complicated. You still need people at ballparks. You, do. you don't want to tell people, you know what? Don't even bother watching this season. Yeah. We I mean, we've got great giveaways. Yeah, don't look. Don't look over here. Yeah, like don't you, don't watch the product on the field. You but still want people to go to your a, ballpark. You've got great food on the concourse. They do. They do. They do. I just, I just wonder whether they have shown that they can scout and find, especially when it comes to a bullpen or to pitchers, whether they can, whether they've shown they can scout and find the talent to build towards that, or whether this is all just going to come crashing down. And in two years, you're looking at another 100 loss season. I think early on, Jerry Depoto had a lot of great. He had a big grace period with the fan base. Uh, because of just what he inherited from Jack Zarenzik, and it was just garbage on garbage. He hasn't done anything to improve upon what he inherited from a farm system standpoint other than try and go out. And, and he got Jared Kelnick, which is nice. But we haven't seen Justice Sheffield be the prospect that we all thought he was going to be. We haven't seen these other guys even the guys you've brought in to not be your long time your long-term guys that you have in like your high modesto now but your guys that you bring in to say no we made a trade for these guys to to help us this year yeah malik smith right that's he what hasn't performed about. yeah you've got uh you know other guys domingo santana he's slumping he can't feel the ball and he's definitely not as hot of a hitter as he once was this season. So I think there's just a lot to worry about. And when we talk about, you know, jokingly, we like, not jokingly, actually, we celebrate kind of Graz's, you know, uh, part in that documentary about the 95 M's on the flip side, kind of a sad part of it is that you and I don't remember that season because we were tiny children. Yeah. We so were that's like pretty sad. early elementary school and pre. That's what I'm saying. Like there are people that have grown up, I just turned 30, and the Mariners were in the playoffs when I was 11. Yeah, I was 10 years old last time they were in the playoffs. Like, I remember being in fifth grade and listening to it. And I didn't grow up a fan. I'm saying this as, like, an objective, just kind of like a reporter saying that, like, I can only imagine someone who has been waiting that long. (sighs) Let's let's liven it up with, with some Ask Us Anything to get us out of here on this Tuesday night. Uh, if you've got a question, the Coors Light text line is there for you, 710-710. Ask us anything next. Curtis Rogers, Seahawks Insider, Stacey Ross on 710 ESPN Seattle. Live from the Alaska Airlines studio, this is Seattle Sports at Night, at night. with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacey Rost on 710 ESPN Seattle. Seattle Sports at Night, we will be back with you tomorrow. 
the whole gang will be here. Yeah. A, a rarity. Isn't that exciting? It is. I'm I'm hyped for it. It'll be Jake Heaps when, I mean, you know, how he, he doesn't pay any attention to us outside of the building. But. Can you imagine Jake <laughs> leaving the parking lot? I saw him at Just, a, so we both left around the same time and there's a um, valet at the Seahawks mm-hmm. facility because the parking lot's, so, it just, it's impossible to park. And yes. I don't need to explain myself for using valet. And uh, the guy comes up and uh, I was like, all right, bye. Say goodbye to Jake. And I just imagine Jake because everyone there is like welcoming him and high-fiving him all the time. I just imagine him like, bye, Stephanie. Or just yeah. something where. See you, Chelsea. <laughs> like, uh, uh, I'll just. You, no, you're right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jake, Jake is actually the furthest from that. We, we joke about. Well, that's why it's so funny to yes. make fun of him and pretend that he's really mean because he's the nicest of us. Yeah. It's actually, I think I'm the meanest. You and I are probably the two most cynical of the three. You probably are the most cynical of us all. You're more cynical. I'm yeah, meaner. Yeah. I think there's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Jake is the best of us three. That's what like, we're saying. Yeah, exactly. Uh, get your text in. The Coors Light text line right now. Ask us anything. Stacy. what are you seeing out there for us? Curtis. Yes. Did you have a it can't get worse moment that got worse? Probably this last week. Like yeah. when probably like day three or four being sick. And then it got even worse. Like Memorial Day was the worst day of my life. I, I'd like to just quantify Were you in it bed all that. day? So I was actually having a good day up until about one o'clock. So on you Memorial didn't get day. sick until one. So I had been sort of sick the days leading up to oh, it. Oh, but you were like, we're getting better. Yeah. And there we go. We're bouncing back. And then back. about one o'clock, right after I had lunch Memorial Day, I was in the bathroom in some capacity every 20 minutes the rest of the day. Like, that's how bad it got. Oh, no. Yeah. It was awful. That was my, oh, it can't get any worse, can it? And then yeah. it absolutely got worse. It absolutely got worse. Got worse. It absolutely got worse. is the most annoying character of all time most like tv character i'm gonna say anything because they didn't specify most annoying character of all time think like tv books movies anything i don't know you know what i'll say i can't think of a specific one but usually the protagonist of a show is pretty annoying yeah i just don't like people that are perfect but also kind of whiny and most, usually protagonists Here we go. Are. Most annoying, Julie, or not Julie Taylor. Yeah, Julie. The, Julie the, Taylor. The, the, she the is The daughter annoying. on Friday Night yep, Lights. Yep. Hate Julie Taylor. Dude, Cannot I'm shocked you didn't think her. of that sooner because I have heard you before yeah. say, I hate Julie Taylor. Yeah. Matt Saracen deserved so much better than her. She was the worst character on that show. What is a problem in 2019 that wouldn't be a problem in 1989? Shout out 1989. Uh, like when your phone does a software update out of nowhere and you, you can't use it I'm for like 10 to minutes. more exciting than that. A um, problem. Oh, anything social media. So like being... Yeah, um, getting subtweeted. Getting subtweeted, being part of a trend that you don't want to be part of. Yeah. Or... Um, Not, anything. Oh my God. Br- being in a group thread, you don't want to be a part of, but you can't leave the yeah. thread because then it says that you have left the thread. Imagine just saying Explaining what you exactly that. said to somebody stuck in 1989. And they're like, I'm sorry, you can't leave. And you're like, no, 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 no. You can leave. It just says that you have left. Yeah. <laughs> and and it lets like, everybody know in the group that yeah. you have had it. That's 
that's something. Just anything with technology. Um, having when you can't find anything you can't to watch find anything on streaming because you've watched it all. And yes. Meanwhile, in 1989, there's four channels, and yep. people are just so grateful to have them. Um, having, uh, let's see. No, there's more. I have more. I have more. I'm just, I, I just keep thinking social media things. So like yeah. a problem I mean, would these be are like, very 2019. Like, oh, I wish that I had what this person has version of FOMO that people have when mm-hmm. they look at social media. Yeah. Um, yeah. Being mad. You didn't, uh, record something. Yeah. Actually, you could probably do that in 1989. You had to get the tape recorder out. So you had to physically do it. Yeah. And then, like, when you were done watching it, you had to rewind it all the way, which would delete the recording, so then you could record over that again. The most underrated, annoying thing is notifications on your phone that for some reason you can't clear or you want to turn off notifications for this thing. Like, I constantly have voicemails that I don't check. And so my voicemail, I always have notifications for it. And I'm like, I don't want to listen to these. I don't care. You know how on, on like iPhones, they have those default Apple apps that come with it, like GarageBand, yes. which I, I've never used. Don't want it. Um, at one point, it had 14 unread notifications on it, and I couldn't find out how to get rid of those. That's awful. You just have to delete about, the whole thing. Yeah, until about a week ago that I actually did find out how to get rid of those. Have you ever been on a game show? I've never been on a game show. My mom made it to like the final round of casting of Wheel of Fortune. <gasps> she didn't get on. Ah. Yeah. Have you ever seen that Netflix documentary? The oh, Perfect gosh. Bid. Uh, is that the the one about Jeopardy or the one about? Uh, it uh, is Price Real. is Right. Price is Right. Yeah. It's good. It is. It's, That's a the guy like memorized the prices. It's a guy. Yes, and he's. Not only memorize the prices, but I mean, he knows like the models in the yeah. show, their names. He knows everything about it. He goes to He's like, gone to like 25 consecutive tapings yeah. and they knew him there. And so people, when they went on stage, were looking at him. So was the story that someone goes and it was the best contestant that ever went on that show. And he was looking. He got the price spot on in the and, final show. And almost everything. But it's because he was looking at this guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of my mom's game show prowess, back at Disney World, they used to have some. We were on a family trip. They used to have this like fake studio show version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, mm-hmm. where they'd pick people out of the audience. And my mom made it to the five hundred thousand point question, which was the second to last before the million point yeah. question. You were only playing for points, and then like you'd get like Disney swag depending on how far you got it's in the show. Swag. But if you got the million point question, right? You want a 4-day cruise. Dude. But she missed on the last or the second to last question, but uh. still like, yo, that that was pretty impressive. That's probably where you get your your yeah, brains. I think so. My whole family loves trivia. Like trivial pursuit, that was a big thing in our house. You go to little known fact, Curtis plays trivia by himself all the time to get better at it. I do. I sporkle Not the website. to get better at it, but if you go, do you ever, is it just when you go to a bar there's trivia, you're like, yeah, I'll do this. Or is it that you go out and find trivia and you're like, good excuse to sit down, have some. Uh, I've, like, if I'm at a bar and trivia breaks out, like, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely hop in. Have you ever won as a, as a one-man team? I got second place as a one-man team against, I think it was close to 20 teams with the maximum being five people in it. Yeah. 
So this was a couple of years ago. It was specifically a sports trivia night. It was I forget which bar it was in Seattle, uh, but Kevin Pelton of ESPN.com, mm-hmm. he hosted it, mm-hmm. uh, and I ended up getting second place out of the entire room full of people. That's just, pretty sweet. Yeah. So. I think we should have a 710 ESPN trivia night. Not here, where we go as a team. I think so, too. Somewhere. I'm 100% for that. If you want to have us out to your bar, we'll gladly come out. I'm and the person who knows, never knows the answer, and then there's one answer I get, and I never let you forget that I got it. Yeah. We need those That's people. That's my role. Team. Exactly. You know what I mean? There's going to be a question about Nicki Minaj, and you're going to need me. Yes. We will absolutely need you, Stacey, just as we're going to need you tomorrow night when all three of us are here, uh, right here on Seattle Sports Night. So that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you're downloading the podcast, 710sports.com. Click on the podcast page. For Stacey Rost, I'm Curtis Rogers. This is Seattle Sports Night on 710 ESPN Seattle.